0: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 487. Thank you for listening once again. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, electric vehicle shipments are set to dramatically increase in 2022, Samsung has named the date for the launch of its flagship Galaxy S22 smartphones and we have more details about the device. And Norton has released new anti-track software to stop sites tracking you. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to check out the Samsung S21 FE 5G smartphone, Denon's new soundbar that can connect to any TV, and the must-have device for outdoor enthusiasts to keep them safe. And we'll also answer all of your tech questions in the Help Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected. And Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Electric vehicle shipments are set to hit 6 million globally in 2022. And that's up from 2021 when there were 4 million shipments. So that's a 35% increase from the previous year. The other thing that's increasing, and this sort of goes hand in glove with whenever there's a surge in EV shipments, there of course has to be more global public charges as well. According to this research from Gartner, the public EV charges are also going to rise from 2.1 million units. They're going to rise to, to 2.1 million units in 2022. That's up from 1.6 million in 2021. So EVs, I think uh, there's still a little bit of reluctance for people to, to invest in an electric vehicle. Not, not for me, I've been a Tesla driver for coming up to four years now and it's it's been a fantastic uh, decision, I think, because A, I have a place here at home where I can charge, so I've got solar panels, so the the, the majority of the charging or topping up my battery is done here at home and, and as with other Tesla drivers, the stats show that 95% of Tesla owners charge their cars in their own driveway at home. So I think what, what people, though, have a little bit of anxiety about is uh, the long distance, the, the, the journeys, the, the long drives. And uh, I can tell you, because I have done a few drives in my car, that there is plenty of charges up and down the east coast of Australia and expanding around the country as well. So I think that once we get into the full swing of EV sales, even more shipments hitting our shores, there will be more places than ever before where they will offer EV charges, and I think what we'll see in in the near future are uh, service stations. So you think about it, petrol stations are are everywhere. So imagine, I think, as the as we transition to uh, electric vehicles. So once we hit the that 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 period where EVs are probably half the cars on the road and getting and growing, that. I think service stations will set up – they'll rearrange their, their locations where the once you drive in, on one side will be your normal bowsers and on the other side there'll be electric chargers, which you have to pay for that electricity, of course. And in the middle uh, is, will be the normal – the store, restaurant, cafe, whatever happens to be there. Because one thing you do have when you are charging your car is time. Not that it takes a long time, and and the that that's another that's another like a holdback for for customers as well is that I don't want to they say I don't want to stand around for hours charging my car. Well, you don't. When you're out on the move, the charging takes a, a shorter amount amount of time. It's not like you can be there for four hours charging your car. But if you are charging your car at home, it's generally an overnight thing because you've got your depending on how you've got your setup is at home, it would take. Three to four hours to charge your car completely if you were, if your battery was quite low, and that as I said would be normally an overnight thing. But on a journey, drivers are able to top up on the way. So I know with my Tesla, if I if I plotted a, 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 a route from my from here in Sydney to Brisbane. It will say, right, oh, we're gonna we're gonna head to Brisbane, but you're gonna charge here for twenty minutes, and then it'll direct me to another place, another couple of hours away. I'm gonna charge there for fifteen minutes. So it's going to it's show me all the places where I can charge the vehicle, and that that'll be the same with all the other EVs as well. There's plenty of apps, plenty of services already that can direct you to to a charging location. Now, in the case of the shipments that are are going to increase in 2022, it's interesting to see that the majority of those shipments, 46%, so nearly half, are going to end up in greater China. So Chinese car manufacturers have been given a directive by their government to hit 30% EV production by 2030. So they want that, that high number of vehicles produced by 2030. That's, that's a lot of EVs and, and a great incentive too. You think about it, it all we need is, is that incentive. Uh, that, that figure by, is not 30, it's 40% by, by 2030. So that's what the automakers are being directed to do. There are, there are other parts of the world, including Europe, which is number two. That, that'll be the second highest area where EVs are shipped There will be, uh, China will have 49%, which is, that's 2.9 million EVs just for that region. Europe, number two, will have 1.9 million units in 2022. And North America will be the third highest region with 855,000 units. 300 vehicles uh, to hit their shores as well. Unfortunately, the Asia-Pacific region and Australia in particular were still so far down the list they weren't even mentioned in terms of expected electric vehicle shipments, even though I found out today that that, uh, Tesla Model 3 is one of the most popular sedans that was sold in Australia in 2021. But it still only accounts for to less than 2% of the total new car market here in Australia. So still a fair bit of work to do, but it all comes down. That work includes government incentives, these new regulations to help get sales moving. Now, you think about Europe, there's so many incentives to own an electric car. That's why ownership is quite high. So I think once we get over the hurdle of well, number one is price. They're still quite expensive EVs, uh, especially Teslas. They're they're quite expensive, but there are others coming into the market. We tested the MG EV last year, and that's under fifty thousand dollars for for an EV. Uh, there are others that are entering the market. We we also drove the Polestar two. Uh, a few months ago, that that's due to hit our shores this year in the next month or so. Uh, and that's around the $60,000 mark. So it is competing in those price brackets. And I think once people, once they get the, well, first of all, they need to find a car that they find attractive. And I think the Polestar, the MG, the Teslas look, look pretty good. Next next thing is to get over the whole the whole range anxiety and the 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 charging needs of that particular customer. I think once those are eliminated then I think it's it's uh, you, you'll find that a lot more people are going to adopt that when it comes time to buy a new car I think they're going to tend to give EVs a little bit more thought than they when they would have uh, in the past. Because, uh, as I said, the these infrastructure the infrastructure is growing. There are even more places than ever before to charge your car, but you can charge it at home. I think a lot of people need to realise that that these the where most people will charge their car. If you there are even I think so in the past I don't know whether it exists now, but uh, the electricity electricity companies were offering. EV owners special deals to charge their car at home. I think there was a deal. Might have been AGL had a deal where for a dollar a day you could charge your car at home. So for three hundred and sixty-five dollars for for a whole year you can charge your car at home. So that's all it's going to cost you to char- to drive your electric car for an entire year was three hundred and sixty-five bucks. Now, if you're if you're listening to this in your petrol car right now. I bet you that you've spent a lot more than $365 driving your car, filling your car up with petrol. And I don't buy petrol anymore, but I did see recently prices are are pretty high now, but uh, even more incentive, I think, for people to maybe consider jumping over to an EV, which is uh, what a lot of people are going to do going by these shipment figures. If you want to read more about that, check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Samsung has confirmed its Unpacked event will be held in the early hours of February the 10th. So uh, at 2 a.m., as a matter of fact, the Samsung Unpacked launch event will be kicking off. It's February 9 in uh, US time, but 2 a.m. February 10, that's Australian Eastern Daylight Time. 2 a.m. Feb 10. Now this is uh, they've confirmed this with not only with uh, their on their website but also they released a little teaser video as well. Now last week we spoke about what we can expect to see, and we're going to see three devices: S22, S22 Plus. S22 Ultra, last week we spoke about the fact that what we're going to see, S22 has a 6.06-inch screen, S22 Plus 6.5-inch, S22 Ultra 6.8-inch, and the S22 Ultra is likely to inherit the features of the Galaxy Note. So we're talking S Pen, bigger screen, all those features that we, we knew, uh, we come to know and love for the Galaxy Note are going to be absorbed into the S22 Ultra. But... This little trailer that Samsung released to mark this event really got a lot of tongues wagging. I think for the reason being, the tagline, if you like, of the video, and I've, I've, input, I've put it on Tech Guide. The, you watch the video, and there's all this, there's like this smartphone shaped the shape uh, take, uh, taking photographs and these images appearing within its frame. But then there is this other this other part of the video where a person's sort of making a frame with their fingers, and from between their fingers you can see the bright lights of a city, uh, of a city skyline at night. And what comes up on the screen are the words break the rules of light. So break through the night, break the rules of light. And I don't know about you, but that says to me that that must be new camera technology for low-light photography. So we're, that's always been kind of the, the holy grail of smartphone cameras is to be able to take really good photos in low light. And they've been great in, the, in over the years, but it appears that Samsung might have made a bit of a breakthrough here. And so the, their camera's capabilities uh, seems to have maybe solved that little problem where you can not only take photographs but also shoot video In these low light situations, so it's been a challenge that it sounds like Samsung has fully accepted here. So we'll we'll be on top of all of the news out of the uh, from that event. We'll have it all on Tech Guide, of course. Won't be till the tenth of February. Uh, So keep an eye on that date there. That's when we're going to see the new range of the Galaxy S twenty two. Later on in this show, we're going to actually we've reviewed the Galaxy S twenty one. FE the fan edition so stay stay uh, listening for that a little bit later in this show but uh, the new flagship range of the Galaxy S22 smartphones uh, and you can check out that little trailer too the uh, February the 10th we're going to see them that is official so if you want to take a closer look at the devices what they what the reported leaked images and what we think they're going to look like and also check out that trailer really interesting you can do all of that at techguide.com.au Now, a lot of people don't realise that whenever they're on the internet, they're being tracked. There is when what, what we're searching for, the sites we're visiting. This data is gathered and sold and shared so that we become better targets for advertising. That's the main reason. behind it. there are maybe some other nefarious uses of that data, but I think a lot of people don't realise that they're – Their privacy is sort of being compromised because it doesn't actually know our our birth date and phone number and address, but it knows the sites we visit, what we like, where we go, and this is this kind of builds up a profile of of users. And these companies that are these websites and third party companies track our searches and collect all this little these little bits of personal data. And that becomes then their little guide on how to get our attention with advertising. And I'm sure you've seen this. I'm sure all of you have maybe Googled, uh, you might be researching a holiday, although not in the last couple of years, but you might have been, I don't know, searching for a certain type of shoes or a, a destination or some type of product. And then suddenly you're seeing all these ads popping up on various sites, no matter, you might go to Facebook or Instagram, there's an ad served up to you, or uh, on, on on my website, I've got Google ads on my website that will change, that will be served determined, determined by what you've looked at, like uh, my my dad uh, keeps telling me that, oh yeah, I saw these ads on your site for for such and such, and it happened to be stuff that he happened to have re-researching himself, I said, well oh, dad, that's, that's what you see when you come to my site because I do have some Google ads there, but other people see something different depending on where they've been and what they've searched for. And, and so he, he didn't realise that, as I'm, as I'm sure a lot of you don't, but I'm sure that you have noticed, how do they know about this search that I did? Well, this is why. These trackers, they follow you from site to site. So what Norton has done, and Norton, uh, one of our great sponsors here, so uh, completely transparent, Norton, a great sponsor of our Tech Guide podcast, has been for many years. Their latest product is called Antitrack. This is new software that helps increase your online privacy by blocking or preventing websites and other third-party companies from tracking your searches and collecting your personal data. Now, at the moment, Antitrack is either an app or a browser extensions for Windows PCs. So you can have a bit more control over your privacy, secure your personal data. Uh, So the company is actually Norton LifeLock is is the name of the company behind the software. And that's part of Norton, of course. But this is a Windows only for now. But App Mac users and iPhone users in particular would have known that Safari has long had a, w- a method with each new version, has long had a, a way of, of minimizing your tracking. And in fact, iOS now, so if you're an iPhone user, or an iPad user, your, that software had an update last year that allowed you to pick and choose which apps could track you or not. So again, really creating a lot more knowledge and visibility about this very process that you now have control. So this is what Norton is bringing to Windows users so they can have a bit more say on what sites can and can't track them. Now, they, Norton released the Consumer Cyber Safety Pulse report and they found that advertising trackers can see up to 73% of an average user's browsing history. Now, that's a lot. During a typical week... Customers encounter, so users of the internet, encounter 177 tracking organizations. That's just typical week. There's sometimes more, sometimes less. With more than half of those trackers within the first two hours of browsing. So that means if I say I decide, right, right, I'm going to clear my browsing history every single day, it would only take about two hours to come across 50% of all trackers. So what the Norton Anti-Track tries to do, or can do, can hide your per, your identity to shield you from tracking and fingerprinting attempts. Fingerprinting is another method where they can track you based on your device, your type of browser, your location. So these are little things they use to try to still identify who you are and what you're looking at. That's called fingerprinting. So they can, you can it'll help shield you from that. So you can now, if you've you're using Norton Antitrack, you can visit sites more freely. And without without sacrificing speed as well, because the trackers could potentially slow down your browser a little bit because it's 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 harnessing your information. I didn't realise that it, it affected speed, but it actually does. So those people are complaining about their slow internet. Well, it's it's not the NBN. It's these bloody trackers that are that are weighing us down. Look, every, everyone is being tracked every single day and we do leave a bit of a trail, a bit of a digital footprint. And these are gathered from the cookies, fingerprinting, which I mentioned, profiling. So there's many ways that the data can be gathered, but also many ways it can be used. And mainly it's to target advertising and information. So it, it can have some influence on where you go and what you look at online. So it puts these things in your eyeline when you're on the internet. And as I mentioned earlier, if you do a search and then go to Facebook and these other sites, you're seeing the same, these trackers are the ones that are that are following you around the internet. So if you don't want that, Norton Anti-Track is the answer. If you're on iOS, you kind of have this control anyway. But the uh, Norton Anti-Track, the key features include anti-fingerprint capabilities, as I said. So what this does, it masks users' unique identifiers. So we're talking about their IP address, their location, their device they're using, operating system, font size, screen resolution. These are all things, these are all little bits of information that helps profile you to fingerprint you as a user. They say, right, Steve's using a Mac, his IP address is this, his location is this, his operating system is this. If they see all of these variables, uh, these common set of variables, they know it's me. That's what fingerprinting is all about. It also can uh, block tracker cookies. So these cookies, they're the things that, that follow you around. It, it help block cookies that are attempting to track your browsing history and collect your personal information. And it'll also speed up your browser too. As I mentioned, if, if there's nothing tracking you, these trackers, uh, if they're loading in the background, if you can block that, that means your website's going to uh, load a lot faster. There's also a dashboard as well. So you need some sort of control. I think you this dashboard on the Norton Entry Track offers the visibility and insights on all the third-party tracking attempts that have been made. And it ranks them by level of concern. And it also allows you to pick and choose. You might want to be tracked on certain sites if that's your choice. that It gives you the choice to allow certain sites and apps to track you. That's entirely up to you. So you can do that if you do want some third-party apps to be to track you on particular sites. That's entirely your choice. But uh, this is uh, pretty good software to have. It's $64.99 per year. So it's a subscription model, but for 12 months of protection, I think uh, it's going to help us uh, increase our privacy online for a thing that a lot of people weren't even wasn't even aware, that weren't aware it was even happening, all this tracking going on. If you want to read more about the Norton Anti-Track, check it out, techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated, Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Kicking off the reviews this week, we are talking about the Samsung S21 FE 5G smartphone. Now, this was launched during the Consumer Electronics Show. I was in Vegas when this was announced. I actually had a look at it, had a hands-on look at it while I was in Las Vegas. And uh, I see that it's a, it's a a nice device, a few colors available. Sort of, It, it sort of puts all the, the favorite features in one place. Uh, When I came back to Australia, I did uh, find one of these waiting for me to review, and I've done that. I had the olive version. There's four colors, graphite, white, lavender, and olive. I got olive. It's sort of a greeny color, not too bad. It's a nice device. It's it's pretty thin and light. It's 7.9 millimeters, so it's really easy to put in your pocket and always have with you. The The rear panel has this sort of matte finish. It's not quite plastic, not quite glass. It's kind of this in-between sort of material. And, and what I like about it, it, its matte finish means that you're not going to have a lot of fingerprints on it. So it looks pretty clean no matter what you're doing. Uh, there's also the uh, the camera bump on the top left corner. This was introduced on the S21, uh, the flagship, the Galaxy S21. And the bump was quite pronounced, as as it has been in the last couple of years for Samsung's phones, but this is a lot smaller. It sort of merges into the into the back panel. It's a lot smoother. Sort of uh, less of less pronounced, but still it's still there unnoticeable it is noticeable three lenses on the back as well so triple camera system we'll talk about the camera in a minute but in terms of just the look and feel I'm a big fan I quite like this it's a good size as well I do like the size of the screen 6.4 inch AMOLED display it does also have the 120 hertz adaptive refresh rate so what I like about this phone, and I say this in my review, this is kind of like a greatest hits album by Samsung. So what they've done is they've they've looked at the S21 and perhaps even the S20 before it, and they thought, okay, what were all the features that people liked, and let's put them in a more affordable device. And by more affordable, I'm talking under 1000 bucks, $999. So you've got great design, good camera system, really nice screen, adaptive refresh rate, good security, it's got in-screen, fingerprint reader, and, and many others. Yes, you can buy cheaper Android phones that have maybe just as good a camera, but you'll find with those cheaper Android devices, that's kind of the only tentpole good feature. The other features are pretty pretty mediocre. So what I like about the S21 FE is that, yes, it's more expensive than those other Android phones, but it does have a good camera, really nice screen, 5G. It's got all those consistently uh, high features rather than having one or two really good features and the rest being pretty ordinary. This gives you good features, above average features across the board and FE is short for fan edition so they know this is one for the fans so uh, if you don't want to wait for the S22 which is out in a couple we will see it in a couple of weeks uh, you might want to check this one out because it does have all the most of the features on the S21 not all of them but it does have the the similar look and feel and also the range of all those those consistently high-quality features that people are looking for. Uh, now, let's talk about the camera, the Galaxy S21 FE 5G triple camera system. So it's made up of a 12-megapixel ultra-wide, 12-megapixel wide, 8-megapixel telephoto, and it has 30 times optical, oh, sorry, digital zoom. I wish it had optical zoom. 30 times digital zoom. And look, the photos it takes are brilliant. You see photos of my, one of my Dalmatians, Logan, and a bowl of fruit. And I even took a portrait selfie because, get this, the highest megapixel camera on this device is the selfie camera, 32-megapixel front selfie camera. So what does that say about who this product is aimed at? It's aimed at those young uns the young savvy users who love taking their selfies this looks looks nice with the various colors that speaks volumes to me 32 megapixel front selfie camera while the rear cameras are 12 12 and 8 so hello says a lot and look it does take a good image to check out my selfie I took in portrait mode which came out of right so it means it's me I'm uh, um, in focus in the foreground and blurred background looks quite good there's also a way to you there's like a you can toggle between on in portrait mode and in the selfie mode you can also choose a wider angle so say you're with a lot of people or you want to fit in sort of more of what you're standing in front of a landmark or tourist attraction or whatever wherever you happen to be it does that as well in the camera so it's a smart little feature also now, under the hood, the S21 FE 5G is no slouch. It's an octa-core processor. It's got the Exynos 2100 chipset. That's easy for you to say. Six gig of RAM and 128 gig of internal storage. That's what we received to review. There's also a different a variant with 256 gig of storage with eight gig of RAM. So uh, there's that option. That's $1,000 cheaper. So 999 for 128 gig. 1099 for the 256, uh, and fortunately, no expandable memory. I would have loved to have had a memory card slot here. Samsung normally come to the party with that. They haven't lately, so their folding phone's never had it, and uh, I think the S21 did have it. I can't remember off the top of my head, but the S21 FE 5G, definitely No no expandable memory slot so you're going to have to probably lean pretty heavily on your cloud storage to access other data and files and photos and videos and things so you can't store it all on your device 128 gig it might be enough for you if you've got maybe not as many photos and apps and stuff running but uh, you uh, you may have to have some cloud storage if you want to have more stuff uh, the being 5g compatible of course that's another great feature and and this isn't locked to any telco, so any all the telco's 5G networks are growing regularly. So week on week on week, the footprint's growing. So you'll find that the little 5G symbol appears in more places nowadays. And having 5G, of course, means you get faster access to your content. So streaming, downloading, you can do that a lot faster if you're in a 5G area, of course. No, hey, 4 G still quick too, so don't worry about that. If you're only in 4G, it's not like it's going to crawl. You're going to get a decent amount, decent amount of speed there as well. Uh, battery wise you've got a 4500 milliamp hour battery and for our testing we did we use this as our daily driver and easily got us to the end of the day oh look I, I won't lie i've seen better battery performance on some phones but this still still holds its own uh the i think if you're smart with this device i like don't forget it's powering a 6.4 inch amoled display with 120 hertz adaptive refresh rate so that's a factor. If you're watching a lot of videos and with the display maybe at full or high brightness, that can also be uh, something that's impacting the battery. So I think if you use this wisely, be smarter with it. Like maybe turn down your brightness and little things like that. These that might pay off with with a little bit more battery life at the end of the day. So look, no, no nothing uh, bad. There's still still pretty decent battery life. But if you if you want to make it better, you can. Uh, I mentioned the different colours you can get. So uh, yeah, graphite, white, lavender and olive and 5G and good camera system, triple camera system, really nice design, all in all, uh, a pretty decent all-in-one device for under a thousand bucks. Uh, and look, if you're not fussed about waiting for the S22, I think this is, for an Android device, I think one of the better ones you can buy on the market. I think the probably the competitor for this would be probably the Google Pixel, which isn't too much more expensive than this and that is uh, got a similar level of features, arguably a better camera on the Google Pixel 6 and Pixel 6 Pro, so there's that to consider as well. But look, if you're a Samsung fan, you might have other products in their ecosystem, maybe like a watch or some earbuds. Uh, I think there's also an offer too. You get a free pair of earbuds if you get the Galaxy uh, S21 FE 5G as well, so that's something to consider also. If you want to read more about the Galaxy S21 5G, You can find it at techguide.com.au. Next up, we're talking about soundbars, and in particular, the Denon soundbar. This is the DHT-S517. Now, Denon, as you know, a pretty well-known audio brand, one of the market leaders in AV receivers, so they know a thing or two about putting speakers together. This soundbar can plug into any TV. A lot of people, I get a lot of questions about soundbars and people not setting them up properly and they're, uh, they're wondering how, how it would work, how it would enhance their audio. I think a soundbar is a great investment if you're spending money on a, on a flat screen TV, on a large screen especially. I think it's worth your while To spend just that little bit of extra money because you won't believe just how much better it can make you can make it sound with a soundbar. So I think, uh, as the great George Lucas once said, "Sound is half the experience." If it sounds good and looks good, then you're off to the races. I think uh, investing in a soundbar is a great idea. The Denon soundbar, though, uh, which is it's kind of uh, it's brand agnostic. So it doesn't, doesn't matter what brand TV that you connect it to. I do tell a lot of people to stick with the brand. Say that if they buy a Samsung TV, I'd recommend getting a Samsung soundbar because it's going to work even better with that brand of TV. Same thing for LG, Sony, all those other companies, I would stick to that brand of TV, of soundbar. But you can step outside that if you want, like there are others, like you know, Sonos have a soundbar, Denon, many other like uh, JBL have great soundbars as well, uh, and Yamaha, all these other companies. So if you do want to explore these, if you want to maybe spend a, a little bit more, sometimes they're, they're a little bit cheaper. So depending on your budget, depending on sort of what you want to achieve, there are plenty of choices, including the Denon. And what I like about the Denon is that it's affordable, seven hundred ninety nine bucks. So that includes the soundbar and a wireless subwoofer. So you're getting three point one point two configuration, as well as Dolby Atmos. So it's got these up firing speakers. So you'll hear left right bit of bass, something, and you'll hear the Dolby Atmos. So it's like coming from above you and around you. So it does provide a decent experience at a decent price as well. Now there's a seven driver array under the hood there that, that, that's made up of left and right channel tweeters, mid-range drivers as well. There's also a dedicated center channel, so you can hear the voices really clearly, and the two up firing speakers as well. It works with a wireless subwoofer to create this really great sound experience. And what as I said at the top, this connects to any TV. So if, you're, if you've got a recent TV, what you'll find, you've got an HDMI ARC port or an EARC port on your TV. So if you've got a recent smart TV within the likes of like the last three, four years, you should have the EARC or ARC, that stands for audio return channel. So there is a really clear indication on the back of the soundbar how to connect your TV. Now if you happen to have an older TV, if you don't have the HDMI ARC, you can also connect using the digital optical output. that's this this much thinner cable that will connect to your TV. Most TVs have the optical in uh, so that you can you can uh, an optical connection. so you can connect the optical cable so you can still get all the sound through it but just doesn't happen to go through the ARC. ARC is handy because the audio return channel means you could control the soundbar with your TV's remote and it just syncs a little bit better. Uh, and if your TV, the other the other choice, if you want to add, uh, if, so if you don't have ARC and you want to add these other sources, you can connect directly to the 4K UHD HDMI input as well. So there's, you can connect to, so the soundbar is connected via optical to the TV. Then you can connect your Blu-ray player, 4K player, or your gaming console directly to the soundbar. So you can still enjoy all of those sources and they'll come, you can connect them directly. So they'll come straight through the soundbar and your video, of course, will come directly from the TV. So you're not going to miss out. So no matter what type of TV you have, whether it's new or old, you can still connect this Denon soundbar, and if your TV happens to be mounted on the wall, it can also be mounted up there on the wall as well. I mentioned it had the dedicated center channel. It's got a feature called the a dialogue enhancer, so it takes that center channel and improves the clarity and intelligibility. Of the spoken content. I get so many people saying I can't hear them clear enough. And it can sometimes sound a bit muddled depending on what you're listening to it through, through, uh, what you're listening to it from. But with this dialogue enhancer, I think that's gonna, that can make a big difference for some viewers there. There's also multiple sound modes as well. So, uh, if you're watching or listening, you could, there's movie mode, music mode, pure mode, and night mode. Pure mode. Uh, turns all the surround processing and other other characteristics off just to deliver just a pure music listening experience as well. Because you can listen to music through this, of course, because it's got uh, Bluetooth. So you can stream, even when the TV's off, stream your music via Bluetooth so it becomes your audio speaker at the same time. The Denon DHT-S517 soundbar with wireless subwoofer It's going to be available in early February, which was now. Uh, It's going to be priced at $749, not $799, $749. And you can take a look at it at techguide.com.au. Now, I don't know whether you uh, you like getting in the outdoors, are you a camper, are you a hiker, you like four-wheel driving? Uh, I know my son. My son Aaron is a is a very much an outdoor enthusiast. He's every second weekend he's out in his in his truck. He's got this tricked out Hilux that he loves uh, camping and he goes four wheel driving. And he's often in areas where there is no reception. So when when we don't hear from him, we think, okay, well he's out of he's out of reception there. Uh, but what do you do in the event of an emergency? Well, what you need is a product called the Personal Locator Beacon. This is made by an Australian company. GME is the company, and they've made this new PLB, Personal Locator Beacon, for these people who love exploring our great outdoors, but uh, if if something happens, they can't just dial triple O because they're usually outside of the cellular network range. So what happens with the PLB, if you do need to if it is an emergency, you can activate it and it uses a 72-channel GPS receiver to then transmit your location and alert rescue services within 15 minutes and provide a location accuracy within 150 metres. So that's pretty good. Uh, Once activated, the PLB will transmit for 24 hours. So if you're in the middle of nowhere there's no cellular reception. You you can't just dial triple zero. I think a lot of people are unaware. I think the our current cellular networks, and the, I'm sure you've heard this in the ads, is within reach of 99% of the population. So 99% of the areas where we live. What you didn't know is that the cellular networks only cover 14%. That's one for 14% of of the Australian landmass. So Australia is mainly desert in the middle. We we live sort of most people live on the coasts on the coastal areas. So but where people like to go exploring is is not where people live. And that's why there is no cellular reception and it, which is why you need a device like the GME personal locator beacon. The model number is the MT610. Now Unlike other devices, this is one product that you'd buy that you hope you'll never ever have to use. So, but I think it's one of those things that if you do need to use it, you will be glad you had it because you just never know. It's like a seatbelt. You don't look, you're hoping you never need this thing, but when it kicks in and potentially saves your life, then you're glad you had it. Same thing for the GME. GPS personal locator beacon. It's $379, and it's quite small. It fits in the palm of your hand. There's a photo of it on TechGuy that's in my hand. It is, can fit in the palm of your hand, so it's it's no hassle to pack this with your stuff and take it with you. It's also waterproof, too, it's water-resistant. IP68 rating, so it's waterproof, can withstand being submerged to a depth of 10 metres for up to an hour. And, in fact, if it does fall in the water... It's not going to sink. It floats. So uh, also good good to know that uh, it's all. If you do drop it in the water, it's not going to sink. It's going to be right there. And if it is underwater, it can be there for up to an hour. Uh, the from the date of manufacture, that's marked on the bottom of the device. The PLB personal locator beacon has a seven year battery life. So uh, you you know that if you do buy today you're going to be covered till uh, nearly the end of the decade. If you happen to be uh, loving the outdoors, camping, hiking, four-wheel driving, you just never know. Something may happen in the middle of nowhere. And if you don't have a product like this personal locator beacon, no one's going to know. No, you won't be able to uh, alert anybody. So I think this is a must-have if you do regularly venture to the great outdoors. If you're an outdoor enthusiast, you love your four-wheel driving, camping, hiking, this is something you should pack in your bag. The GME Personal Locator Beacon. If you want to take a close look at it, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Now, if you're an online gamer, you want the best performance while still helping to maintain your computer's security, and that's exactly what Norton 360 for Gamers offers. The patented Game Optimizer technology can help maximize gaming performance while still helping to maintain the level of security you've come to expect from Norton LifeLock. Game Optimizer can free your PC from power-hungry programs running in the background that eat up your system's resources, helping you get more performance out of your rig. Whether you're a hardcore gamer or just a casual player, Norton 360 for Gamers helps provide multiple layers of protection for your devices, game accounts, and digital assets. Norton 360 for Gamers also includes features that help protect against cyber threats, including malware and webcam takeovers. If you want to help ensure all the available computing power of your system is allocated to the game for maximum performance, while still helping to maintain maximum protection, then put Norton 360 for Gamers on your team. Listeners of the Tech Guide podcast will receive a 50% discount to a year's subscription of Norton 360 for Gamers by using the promo code TECHGUIDE when they visit au.norton.com forward slash techguide. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk brought to you by our good mates at Belkin. Belkin, if you're after a cable, a battery, a MagSafe product, earphones, you name it, belkin.com forward slash AU is where you go. I get a lot of people asking me about photos, scanning their photos. And you know what? It is a very smart thing to do. I think we should digitize our photo albums because you want a backup. You want something that may be stored in the cloud or or, or on a disc or somewhere that is is a lot safer than having a a whole just physically printed photos in an album. I, I I use the example and God forbid your house goes up in a fire. All your photo albums will burn with the rest of your stuff, and they're memories that you will never, ever be able to get back because they're gone. But if you digitize your albums, store them up in the cloud, then you'll have them forever. So how do you do it, I ask, you ask? A lot of people try to do the whole flatbed scanning sort of one by one, and it's a really tedious process. It can be done, it does work, but it's going to take forever. So what I often recommend is a product from Epson called the Fast Photo Photo Scanner. The model number is FF680W, W for William. Uh, This is a product, looks like a little printer that can scan your physical photos, postcards and other items and give you a digital copy. And the beauty of this thing is it scans really quickly. If you have 30 photos, it can scan them at, one second at a time. So each photo takes a second to scan. So you could you could easily go through an album and scan the whole thing within half an hour. So I think really, really smart investment. So you can scan your photos. It'll create a digital file. There's also a software that'll allow you to to touch up your photos as well. You can even scan things like receipts and tax records, wills and other documents as well. Uh, But it really does allow for you to, A, really easily scan them. You can have the auto enhancement, color restoration, red eye reduction, all of those things, cropping, rotating, all of those things. And then you can instantly share them via Dropbox, Google Drive. Uh, So really easy for you to scan them, to digitize them and store them. So it connects via USB to your computer or connects over Wi-Fi. So I reckon, look, it's $678. It's for sale at Officeworks. But I think a good investment, what I I recommend people do is to invest in it as a family. Maybe your brothers and sisters maybe buy it and then you, okay, I've got a whole bunch of albums to scan. Let let me use it for this weekend and you can have it back next weekend. It's a great investment. You might want to buy it for yourself and keep it for yourself. That's up to you. But I think uh, share the wealth, share the convenience, but a great way of digitizing your photo albums, storing them in the cloud so they can be enjoyed for generations to come. And that brings us to the end of our show for this week. If you need to find out anything else, you can find whatever we've spoken about at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you. Info at techguide.com.au is the email address or hit the Ask Stephen icon on the right side of the homepage. That will send me an email as well. We want to give a special shout out to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Please support the companies that support the Tech Guide podcast. Thank you once again for listening. We'll be back with a brand new show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. We'll be